Good morning. This is The Trough for Wednesday, the 22nd of February. A daily bite-sized wrap of all the political stories you need to know this morning. Today, the Israeli Prime Minister touches down in Sydney amid debate about a two-state solution and Labor considering a buffet tax for high-income earners. Benjamin Netanyahu will be the first sitting Israeli Prime Minister to visit Australia when his plane touches down later today. His visit has reignited debate within the Labor Party about the Palestinian Authority and has also triggered a fiery opinion piece by the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull in the Australian newspaper today. He's repeated his criticism of a United Nations resolution late last year over Israeli settlements in the West Bank. Quote, My government will not support one-sided resolutions criticising Israel of the kind recently adopted by the Security Council, and we deplore the boycott campaigns designed to delegitimise the Jewish state, unquote. In the same breath, though, he says Australia recognises that Israel and the Palestinians need to come to a settlement and supports a directly negotiated two-state solution. The two leaders today will also discuss an air services agreement, as well as closer economic and cyber security ties. The opposition leader Bill Shorten will meet with Mr Netanyahu tomorrow. He says he'll raise concerns about Israeli settlements, warning the issue is an obstacle to a two-state solution. But Labor remains divided about recognising a Palestinian state, with the likes of Sam Dastyari and Michael Danby criticising statements from the former Prime Minister Bob Hawke, as well as the former Foreign Minister Bob Carr. To the budget now, and there's a renewed push within the federal opposition to have a mandated minimum rate of tax for high-income earners. This is the so-called Buffett Rule, named after US billionaire Warren Buffett, who said he was shocked to learn that his secretary paid a higher percentage of income tax than he did. Now, Labor hasn't come up with a model yet, but the Sydney Morning Herald says there's a new push within the left of the party for something like this. And the Australia Institute advocated for something like this back in 2015 when the ALP National Conference endorsed the idea. It says it could raise $2.5 billion a year by setting the minimum rate of tax at 35% for those who earn more than $300,000 a year. Whether the federal government's considering the idea as well, given the situation it faces in the May budget, remains to be seen. It will be easier to import medicinal cannabis into Australia under changes to be announced by the federal government today. While the Victorian government has harvested Australia's first cannabis crop, there's been concerns from advocates that it's been too difficult to import such products to fill in the gap. The Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt has told News Limited it will be easier for companies to import medicinal cannabis from today as long as it's from a reputable supplier overseas and it can be stored securely here in Australia. It follows concerns from the federal opposition about delays for those seeking treatment And the New South Wales opposition has also called for the decriminalisation of the use of cannabis for medicinal purposes. The Immigration Minister Peter Dutton says refugees in Manus Island and Nauru will be heading to the United States in a couple of months. The issue has been pretty touchy for both Australia and the US following that widely publicised phone call between Turnbull and Trump. But despite concerns that the deal could be called off, Mr Dutton told Sky News last night, US officials are both at the islands at the moment. It's also conceded that the final number of people sent to the states might be lower than the 1,250 people originally expected. Meanwhile, the former chief of the Defence Force, Sir Angus Houston, has warned the cost of breaking away from the US alliance would be an incredibly expensive exercise. There's been calls from the former Prime Minister Paul Keating to back away from the alliance due to the new US President Donald Trump. 
Uh, Sir Angus told the National Press Club such a move would see defence spending increase from 2% of GDP to 4%. That's from around $35 billion to $72 billion. Sir Angus has also advised against participating in naval exercises near the disputed islands in the South China Sea. He warned it could be counterproductive and has urged Australia to focus on diplomatic efforts to resolve the conflict. In the meantime, the Foreign Minister Julie Bishop is meeting with the US Vice President Mike Pence this morning in the White House. She'll also be speaking with the new US Secretary of State Rex Tillerson with discussions to focus on the South China Sea as well as the Islamic State terrorist group. The number of foreign students in Australia surged last year and education officials believe the uncertainty over Donald Trump and Brexit may increase that number further in the years ahead. Fairfax Media says new figures from the department today will show enrolments grew by 11% or around 550,000 full-fee-paying international students for 2016. Almost a third of all students came from China, while there was also a 30% increase in enrolments from Brazil. The International Education Association of Australia says if students in the EU can't study for free in British universities, they'll consider coming here. The fatal plane crash at Essendon Airport in Melbourne has sparked criticism of the commercialisation of airport land across Australia. Ben Morgan from the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association says the commercial development of airports has put the safety of air crews and passengers at risk. He's told the ABC the Transport Minister Darren Chester needs to urgently address the issue, but aviation expert Stephen Frankhauser from Swinburne University says... The reality is that this horse bolted ages ago. The decision to privatise the airports was made in 1996. To the debate on power prices now, and the South Australian government has indicated it is prepared to back a bid to buy back a gas power station at Pelican Point. Now, this comes as the Premier Jay Weatherill threatened to nationalise the power grid amid the political debate over energy security and coal-fired power. The owner of Pelican Point NG told the Australian it has no plans to sell the facility. In the meantime, Energy Australia has briefed the federal government on another alternative, pumped hydro. That's essentially water pumped into a reservoir at the top of a hill and then sent through a turbine at periods of peak demand. Energy Australia says its project would generate the same amount of power as battery storage for 60,000 homes, but at a third of the price. In other political news this morning, there's been another change in the saga over new laws for the Australian Building and Construction Commission. Building companies can now win government contract work until September, even if their enterprise agreement with unions doesn't comply with the new code. They weren't able to uh, win those contracts under laws passed through Parliament last week. In the meantime, according to the Australian, the Australian Retailers Association is briefing companies about the impact of a drop in penalty rates on Sunday, even though the Fair Work Commission has yet to formally hand down its findings. That's raised suspicions about whether the association has been given a heads up about what the decision might be. We're yet to hear about the future of Rod Carlton's seat in the Senate. One Nation Senator Brian Burston says they're anxious to resolve the issue. The Australian says lawyers for both the Attorney General's departments and the Electoral Commission are set to finalise the necessary documents this week. In the meantime, the Newcastle Herald says Senator Burston is planning a private member's bill to withdraw diplomatic recognition granted to the Vatican over its attitude towards the Royal Commission into child abuse. 
Today, as mentioned before, the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull will meet with his Israeli counterpart. There's no plans from Bill Shorten at this stage. Julie Bishop, as mentioned, will be meeting with the US Vice President Mike Pence in the White House. And Tony Abbott, for those wondering, is in Launceston today. Committee hearings today will focus on migrant settlement services again. There's also a focus on the life insurance industry and the retirement of coal-fired power stations. It should be mostly sunny for Canberra today, looking at a top of 33 degrees. I'm Francis Keeney. Thanks again for listening. Remember to hit subscribe on iTunes if you like what you hear. For more details on how to listen, check the website, thetroth.com.au. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you tomorrow.